the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and Right on, with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Today, I have uh, a special guest again, uh, someone that I've known uh, even prior to my General Assembly days because of his close proximity uh, when I was a sheriff's deputy <laughs> in uh, Kendall County or Yorkville, I should say. Todd Vandermeij, he's the executive director for the Federal Firearm Licensees of Illinois. Hey, welcome to Black and Right, buddy. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. So, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> you ready to discuss um, uh, all things Second Amendment, things that are related to what's happening here in Illinois and possibly, quite possibly, what's happening nationally? Absolutely. We're another battleground state for this issue. W- will we ever see... A time when the pendulum swings back in your in do you believe yeah i think actually we're at the just about at that point yeah part of that's going to depend on what happens with the new york city case um if we get a republican u.s senate a second term for president trump and ruth bader ginsburg leaves the court yeah. uh I, I think the pendulum will not only swing i think it's going to crash through a wall wow i i, I personally think uh trump wins the second term uh, he may get two Supreme Court picks, and I think that's the fight we're having right now. And I think the left have seen that, with, and that's why they call us around Joe Biden, in my opinion. I, I think that's absolutely right, because I think he's a, a little bit harder uh, person to beat for the president. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the Supreme Court is everything. That's what um, – Trump was not my first pick, mm-hmm. but, you know, but I voted for him based solely on the Supreme Court, and that, that was the whole thing. Did he did he did he did he uh, do what you expected, and or did he? I should say, did he appoint the people that you you thought he would he'd appoint, and you do you He's, accept? He, it? he has surpassed any expectations I had on what the courts. I mean, he's brought balance to the Ninth Circuit. Oh, I never thought I'd see that in my in my lifetime. In my lifetime, I never thought the Ninth Circuit would have some semblance of balance ever. And President Trump and Mitch McConnell have actually succeeded in something I never thought would happen. You know, so Todd, who's Todd Vandermeij? What's up? But I mean, I, I miss I miss our times together. I miss our conversations, our talks a, a, a lot about because we, you and I, were part of the. I was part of the Republican negotiation on all things Second Amendment uh, with my good buddy Eddie, Representative Eddie Sullivan, and so we spent a lot of time together, especially with a lot of the Second Amendment bills. Uh, what are you doing now? What's the federal firearm licensee? Um, of Illinois. What is that? Well, and so, what do you guys do? It's a trade association for FFLs or gun dealers. Uh, and it was born out of the fight over the gun dealer licensing law that got passed over our strenuous objections because we've had this major sea change within the General Assembly. Um, Governor Rauner held, you know, held it back as long as he could. And then through some parliamentary maneuvers, they sat there, passed it, sat on it, 
And when Governor Pritzker walked in the office, he signed it. Here we are, a little over 12 months post the signing of that law, and we still don't have a single certified state-certified gun dealer in the state because of how poorly that law was written. Wow. At the same time, it ran 50% of gun dealers or licensees out of business. They surrendered their licenses. We were hearing from people at ATF uh, over in Downers Grove where you know, they, mm-hmm. they could not handle all the records that were coming in wow. from all the FFLs that were closing up. And it wasn't just home-based people. It was also... Brick and mortar, mom and pop, pop shops yeah. like you know, Shrank Smoking Gun, up in uh, uh, Waukegan, uh, they gave up their FFL. Uh, Birds and Brooks down in Springfield, they gave up their FFL for handling firearms. Um, this is not, you know, this was not about regulating gun dealers. This was about putting them out of business. And hearing basically what you're saying is they succeeded in doing that. They they did to a part, and now we've been fighting the rules, and we got an emergency set of rules handed down on us back in uh, tail end of January. Uh, they're retroactive, and they're putting the arm on, you know, the 1,200 FFLs that are left. Wow. Uh, you know, Wait, how many are left? 1,200. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's getting hard. It's very expensive to comply. Some of the things you can't comply with, there's just yeah. no way. It, you know, they want a key log. Every time somebody has a set of keys to go into a sensitive area where firearms are stored, they want a log about that. Well, wow. if you're a home-based FFL, what do you do every time your 16-year-old kid comes and goes? Yeah. And he brings his friends over. Or, you know, you go on vacation and leave, uh, you know, have your neighbor watch the dog. And they get a code to get into your, you know, garage they door. Have to, they, you have to send all that stuff to the... the um, you don't have to send it to them, but you have to keep, keep a record it. of all this, the way these rules are written. It, it's absolutely Is ridiculous. Is there a fine if you, if you don't? It, it, they could fine you if they find it a violation of the act. Wow. You know, they no longer want ammunition uh, accessible to customers. Uh, so you can't. It's all supposed to be behind, you know, a, a <laughs> counter, a, a glass case, something. They don't, you know, no more going to your favorite sporting goods store and going down the aisle and grabbing a box of shells off. And no, they, they're getting, they don't know how the industry works. They don't know how we deal with I mean, yet we're businesses who actively invite people with loaded firearms to come into our businesses. Exactly. Exactly. Especially, I mean, when you think about all of the shooting ranges and all that, I mean, that, that, that has the, 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 the potential to affect them as well, too, oh, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's even a question as to whether or not it's legal to shoot at a range because if you read the, the way they wrote the rules one way, all the firearms are always supposed to be, you know, in a, in a controlled environment under lock and key by one. Well, then how do you use a range? Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. You would think the people that wrote these rules never stepped foot in a gun store. But um, so, yeah, I'm the executive director of that. Uh, it, it's a trade or association. You can find us on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and we're, tr- we're still we're in this fight. We're the only guys um, that are doggedly pursuing, you know, the GDL stuff uh, mm-hmm. as our our primary focus. There's a couple other bills we're watching out there. Um, the anti-gunners are coming back with ferocity down in. Uh, Springfield. It's never enough for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm also on the board of directors at Aurora Sportsman's Club. Uh, is, that, is that the cool patch you got going on right there? Yeah, uh, my the zombie shirt? patch. Yeah. 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 The zombie shoot is a big shoot. We have the second Saturday in September. Uh, I've been the match director. This will be my fifth year. It's my last year running the match. 
I got some good guys coming up behind us. Um, but I'm also, uh, I help out there in the construction department, mm-hmm. building ranges and maintaining the place. Uh, I work on our two-gun crew, uh, yeah. which is a course of instruction we run throughout the summer. Uh, that Every class builds on the one before it uh, and help bringing out some of the great instructors. We've got, uh, if you've ever heard of the Sheriff of Baghdad, Shrek McPhee, uh, <laughs> he's coming back this year to ASC to do, do some more training out there. Former Delta Force guy, uh, Ranger Bat guy, Special Forces guy. Um, Shrek's just a all-around great guy. Guy's got some um, legit hitters come in yeah that's, we, that's some hardcore that's hardcore we got uh matt little former uh cpd swat and uh sf guy um he's graybeard actual he's coming out to to do a couple of classes uh including a, a counter uh ambush vehicle class um i mean i'm taking that class really looking forward to working with matt uh and his crew out there uh we got the warrior poet uh level Coming back out for another pistol course. Have any cops, any any police departments requested to come out and do some of this training? Because yep. I'm hearing nothing but some of the stuff they touch on in, in police academy, but not to this degree. Have you guys been? Yeah, we've uh, th- actually there was a problem with the uh, Cal Sheriff's Department needing a new range, uh-huh. and it kind of stirred up a bunch of NIMBYs uh, where they were talking about building one. So we have a agreement with the Cal County Sheriff's Department to let them use our facility. Uh, we're working on uh, several other police departments in the area yeah. uh, that are needing help. Uh, we've got some meetings with those guys coming up. There's Waterman, uh, the town we're in, uh, has been out there. Uh, we've got several others that are um, you know, coming out to train. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we do a bunch of that stuff. Having uh, We're law enforcement friendly. We want to have those guys out there. So is that... Um I, I'm I'm curious because you know I I I missed the the um the synopsis that Todd used to give on the Walking Dead. Did you come up with that from the Walking Dead when you used to watch? Oh yeah, my rants, my Walking Dead. <laughs> WTF is wrong with the Walking Dead because the, they ought to hire me as a tech director or something. I mean, when a guy puts up. You know, a gun that has no rear sight on yeah. it, and you know it, it, the the. The, it's amazing that the only vet they could find was Abraham, and he must have been a supply sergeant or something because <laughs> they had no tactical sense yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, it, it's jumped the shark a little bit for me, so I don't follow <laughs> it. I'm still a fan, but I just don't follow it. Yeah, the way I used it's it's, to. it's gotten it's gotten. I mean, in my opinion, weird. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I, I still been I've been watching it, but the storylines are just all over the place now. I mean, did you ever thought you'd come over to AM five sixty and be on the show called Black and Right talking about The Walking Dead? <laughs> no, I, I, I never went to bed thinking that that was going to happen. But you know, yeah, that's what we do here, Todd. So coming up next, we talk to Krishna Basnow. I, I hope I Basnow. I hope I got that right, Raquel. You, I know you're watching, and you're going to yell at me if I if I got it wrong. He's a candidate for the 11th congressional district. We talked to him about uh, his candidacy and where he stands uh, on the Second Amendment and where he stands in his support of Donald Trump. I think I know those answers. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. I better stop singing. Hey, you're tuned in to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Join me in studio as my guest co-host today, Todd Vandemide. <laughs> He's the executive director of F, uh, FFL Illinois. Um, we were, I mean, that was a good 
good segment. I mean, we went from guns to zombies. <laughs> now we switch to talking more of the po- politics and what's happening in the 2020 primary campaign season. Uh, I met this individual who we're going to talk to next. Uh, I believe he was running for state representative. I don't know if it was the 84th or whatever, but he was running um, for state representative. And I met him. I'm like, this guy can really, really, the party need Republican Party needs this guy. And the guy I'm talking about is Krishna Banso. I hope I got that right. He's a candidate for the uh, 11th Congressional District. He's an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and uh, active business community leader based in Chicago. Uh, he's the president and CEO, CEO of Q1 Technologies. Krishna, welcome to Black and Right. Thank you, John, and thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for defending our rights and freedom. Yeah, I, I didn't butcher your name too bad, did I? No, 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 you are absolutely right. Krishna Bansal, you are absolutely right. Okay, you still I'm, remember, and I ran for 84th. <laughs> I'm going to yell at uh, Raquel because she said, oh, you butchered it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, so, Krishna, uh, what, what, what qualifies you to be the next Republican nominee for the 11th Congressional District? Talk to the people. Well, I will start with, like, uh, telling my story. Um, my story is a great American story. I came to this country over 22 years back. Uh, with just a few hundred dollars and a dream. And it's here I was able to build a great business, a business that has provided hundreds of well-paying jobs in the United States. And as well as I raised a beautiful, uh, my beautiful family, married for 26 years with Meghna, my wife, and uh, two daughters, uh, one in college, other in high school. And with that, I started getting involved. I, uh, I, I mean, that's a, a great way to give back. And then I saw, I mean, I, I saw that, the things I escaped, I mean, I saw the evils of socialism. I've seen the evil of, evil of socialism on the other side. Now that's creeping in. And I saw yeah. that our rights, that the great things about United States I loved. And the reason I came here, the, the right to defend life, right to protect myself and my family, right to practice religion and all these great things. I mean, and they are being eroded. And I mean, you know what? Honestly, I thought this is time. I need to stand up. I need to really work uh, and, and go back. I mean, our representatives are not, they have not been representing us. Right. They are just working on, on their special interests, their party line, and not really listening to what people need, not looking at the local issues, not looking at jobs, not looking at things that are needed. So that's why I'm in here. Yeah, you know, um, Sean Thompson, he, um, Sean from Elmwood Park, he called in on, we, we spoke with Max Solomon, who has some, somewhat of a similar story that you have. And he called in here and he said he believes it's people like you and Max Solomon who've had to deal with the, the, the pains of socialism and, and that totalitarian system, those totalitarian systems, he believes it's people like you who can help bring back America. Uh, I, and I agree with that. And, I, and when you look at what President Trump, he was just in India, right? Um, uh-huh. You know, Trump said we've been too dependent on, on, on China. What are your thoughts on, on, on America investing in India and what ways could, how could you being in Congress help President Trump in making that a reality? Well, first of all, that was a wonderful trip. I mean, it's President Trump's initiative to go uh, take a solo trip to India and, and meet there. And he was greeted uh, in a, I mean, the most wonderful way. I mean, it's almost over 125,000 people came out in a stadium and, and, and they were like uh, all wearing Trump hats. I mean, it's wonderful phenomena. India is a, is a thriving economy. India went through a phase of its socialism. And then they turned around in 90s, and now they're a thriving economy. And, and they, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a democracy. 
It believes in freedom as well. So I think uh, hand in hand, there are a lot of things that can be done to develop business. Now, that I mean, we have a great, great leader like President Trump here, and so is Prime Minister Modi in India. Both are uh, well thinkers. They're looking to do good for the nation, but collectively, I think, I think they can do well. And there are a lot of Indian Americans here in the United States. Yes. I think with this trip, we have really reinforced that they are, uh, they, they, they are conservatives, they are uh, Republicans, and they need to come out and vote this time for president and, and uh, the right people. Yeah. So, you know, he, President Trump has also indicated that there are many countries lacking the infrastructure to um, stave off what this, 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 this spread of this coronavirus, right? Uh, do you mm-hmm. believe he has a valid point? And why is this important to people listening to us, especially those who want to send you to Congress? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I'll commend the vision of President Trump, and, and uh, he believes in his, uh, uh, in his advisors. When uh, I was listening to, around three to four weeks back, when he was approached by his advisors that he needs to stop the travel, and he, starts, uh, he needs to limit the travel for the countries and start investing in uh, solving this problem, he was very early on onto this. So he has been working very hard. That's why we see very minimal cases here yet. Uh, I mean, he's doing, I mean, our nation is doing great. Yeah. Uh, in terms of defending us, a uh, lot of awareness, a lot of uh, I mean, things going on. Now, I believe I mean, internationally, every country is working hard, and, and America has always assisted uh, wherever needed uh, in such kind of uh, calamities or such, such kind of uh, global issues. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So, so what is your understanding of the Second Amendment? Are you a supporter of the Second Amendment? Uh, you better be careful because Todd Vandermeyer is looking right over here at me, so you better be very careful with your answer, sir. Uh, are you supportive of the Second Amendment? Absolutely, absolutely. I believe, I mean, I believe 100% in Second Amendment. I have, uh, I mean, this is the only way, I mean, this is a right that guarantees me my safety and my family's safety. And uh, I mean, I I don't know why anyone would take it away from us. I have, uh, I mean, and and unfortunately, living in Illinois, we know that how many restrictions we already have. I mean, I have had a FOID card for uh, God knows how many years. I have, uh, I mean, I have my uh, guns to protect my family, and I mean, I'm a very firm believer. I don't want this to be taken away. I'll fight to the nth degree to work for this. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, that's good. I, I mean, it just seems that sometimes the immigrants that come here understand, you know, the necessity for it much better than people like Nancy Pelosi. Well, and, and uh, interestingly, if you look at the countries that have strictest of the gun laws, and even India, it, it's so difficult to get a gun license. There are more crimes there. You go to UK, there are more crimes. Uh, even in Chicago, I mean, how much how much restrictions we have put in? We have more crimes. It's the regulations are built to prevent good people from carrying guns, yeah. and we don't want that to happen. We want good people to be able to protect themselves. Sure, that's the the whole point of it is to sit there and uh-huh. have uh, the ability to defend yourself, and not only against from bad guys, but even when it comes down to it, you know, a tyrannical form of government. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, hey Christian, I, I got a question, though. I mean, you, you watch the whole impeachment farce. You watch how um, everything that's happening in, uh, in, in Congress. Um, I mean, what, what can you do to, to break up that monotony and that gridlock that's happening in there? And I, because I don't think a lot of people have put the 11th on the map as something that they're watching because of um, Bill Foss. I mean, he's been there a, a long time. He has a he has a huge following. How are you going to break that open and say, you know what? Hey, the eleventh is in play. Well, definitely, and I mean that that whole impeachment drama was a national joke, and uh, it took took away so much of uh, I mean, necessary things that should have been done. 
and and Bill Foster was one was one of them who voted for it, and he's always stick to the party line. Never has done anything for people in district. I have been traveling in and out everywhere in the district, and people are really tired of him. Now, yes, it is. It, this is a district that was specifically drawn more for the Democrats. And if it was easily won, I mean, it could, could have been won. We had great candidates uh, before me, but I have a plan, and I think we are working very well onto that to win this. Uh, I mean, I'm working in all traditional ways to get our bases base out, base that has been not very excited. I'm working on to bring them out. Now, this is the number one thing. Number two is I'm working with people who have been frustrated and who have stopped voting and really uh, getting them back in the system so that they understand what is going on. And in fact, they are looking and watching everything as well. But the most important part that I'm working on and I have been working on for many years is bringing out people who never vote or who have, ne or who have never voted. Uh, these are a um, lot of them are the first generation immigrants yeah. who have immigrated to this great country in last 15, 20, 30 years. And they don't vote because, first of all, either they are not they don't have enough knowledge of it, uh, what to do, or they are scared of this. Wow. And I relate with them very well. I'm a first generation immigrant. Yeah. I'm a small business owner. Yeah. I uh, connect with the value system and I have been working very closely and I'm seeing a lot of excitement. Uh, the delta that needs to turn this around, I have this. And not only this district, I am working with all other right. suburban districts around all elections. We are going to turn this entire area back again into the into red and uh, awesome. bring back to Republicans. And so, I'm, I'm very sure it's going to happen. This year is a great year. We are going hey, Krishna, to come back. Krishna, so how can people reach you? You have a website. Uh, you got any events coming up? Uh, you got 15 seconds to tell the people how to reach you, sure. how to get in contact with yeah, you. Yeah, my, my website is krishnaforcongress.com, same Facebook page, a lot of information there. Please, at this point, I will say, please go out and vote. If you need to reach out to me, send a message through website. I will be happy to respond, connect through uh, Facebook. I'll, I'll love to get all your support and feedback. Well, there you have it. Krishna for Congress for the 11th Congressional District. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty good interview. I thank you. All right, you listen to Black and White on AM560 Answer. I'm your host. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside my guest co-host today, Todd Vandermeid. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think I, this next segment's going to be fun, too. I, I'm really excited about this next segment. Uh, I, I actually got an opportunity to meet this individual when I was at the LaSalle County um, uh, Chairman Don Jensen's Lincoln Day dinner. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. Um, but, I, but before that, I wanted to play the, the audio of it. Uh, unfortunately, we have a little few de technical difficulties because of John Anthony. <laughs> um, but it was the, I thought, the, the citizen legislator um, shot heard around the world, pun intended. Uh, I'm the person I'm talking about is a true American patriot born and raised in Greensboro. He grew up in a, in an impoverished house as the ninth of 10 children experienced alcoholism and witnessed domestic abuse firsthand. Mark was not only able to survive, but thrive. He's a, he served in the army reserves as a medical specialist has worked in manufacturing, owned a small business. He not only knows the people of North Carolina, he is the majority Mark Robinson, the nominee for lieutenant uh, governor in the great state of North Carolina. Welcome to Black and Right, bud. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good to be here. Yes, yes, man. I mean, you, you, you gave, I think, a speech um, at, at that event 
uh, it was a city um, uh, meeting, correct? City council meeting. Yeah. City council meeting, and and I, what I loved is when 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 you when I, I as I'm seeing you watch and watching you um, get ready to deliver what you deliver. Look, I haven't had time to prepare a speech. I love I love that that twang, and you said I don't ha- I didn't have had time to uh, prepare a speech or anything. But I'm yep. here to talk about how you guys don't really understand what's happening in America, and I'm here to sound a clarion call to wake up to you anti-gunners that we're not taking anymore. Is that a, yeah. is that a great summation of, of what you were trying to say? That's basically it. Uh, you know, these, these people, these out-of-touch politicians, uh, they don't understand what the, the average citizen wants. What the average citizen wants, the average citizen wants is God-given rights uh, unimpeded, and uh, they want to be left alone. They're tired of paying for everything and receiving nothing. And uh, they want people that are going to go in office and going to serve them and not go in office and, and serve the extremes. Yeah. You know, the, the, we, we talk about the extremes, the extremes, whether they be on the right or the left. They don't want people that are going to serve the extremes and make the rules for those uh, based on who on who doesn't do it right. Right. Uh, they want the rules be made uh, so that they favor those that do it, that do do it right. And uh, oh. all too often we don't see that. Mark, Mark for those who may not know, you or how or what you just what just occurred a few days ago i mean like winning the republican nomination for lieutenant governor um how that came to be who is mark robinson and what made you run for office well uh the person you see in that video uh in front of the city council that's that's me uh of course i'm not always that demonstrative <laughs> uh there are times of course when i you know i like to uh, sit down and have uh um uh, i guess what you would call uh uh, level-headed discussion uh, with folks, but that wasn't the time for that. Uh, right. What we need to make in that room that night was a declaration to stand up for the law-abiding citizens in, in Greensboro and across the state and the country because these people, like I said, they always ignore, we always end up getting ignored. But uh, I'm just the average, everyday Joe. I, I uh, Like you said, I grew up really poor. Uh, I, I've experienced uh, some stuff that nobody, no people, nobody should experience, but a lot of people have when it comes to alcoholism, domestic violence, and things like that. My father and mother were, you know, had a very contentious relationship, uh, but uh, we made it, and we made. I always tell people we made it because of three things: because of faith, family, and togetherness. We were always able to stay together. Wow! You so, know, uh, uh, so, so, Mark, but uh, what what drove ahead. you to go to that that city council meeting that night i mean you could have stayed home you could have sat there and watched tv or whatever but what got you to go to that meeting well i'll give you the short synopsis of it. what happened was uh uh some uh, a few years couple years back uh, well it's been well gosh it's been longer than that now it's been about four years now about four years ago i I was on facebook i saw a friend of mine he had an ar-15 I had no idea you could buy an AR-15 that was all fixed up like his. I asked him about it, told me where he got it. So I started saving up money to buy me one. Uh, all my friends who, who who had firearms and knew about firearms said, uh, go to Greensboro Gun Show and get it. You can get the best price. So that's why I was going to the gun show. I was going to the gun show to buy me an AR-15. Now, you have to couple that with this. Before I went to the city council meeting, I was already politically aware and uh I was politically active, but only through uh, digital, uh, through social media. Uh, my whole Facebook page was nothing but political thought, conservative political thought. I had about 15,000 followers. 
Wow. Uh, prior so, to that city council meeting. So did you think uh, stepping up to the microphone that night was going to lead to this viral video that went across the Internet? I had absolutely no idea wow. that it was going to. In fact, that day I waffled so much on going because I, I had not prepared a speech, and I didn't want to get there and say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Right. Uh, hey, but hey, ultimately, hey, Mark, I hey, Mark, you, you, You're going to join Go us for, this, for, this, for the next segment, right? You, you, you confirmed that with me. You can hold on for the next yes. segment. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. guys, joining us today is Mark Robinson. Just won the nomination for the Republican Party to be the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host today, Todd Vandermeide with FFL Illinois. Uh, if you're just joining us, we, we're talking with Mark Robinson, who just recently, uh, I believe it was a couple of days ago, maybe last week, uh, he won the Republican nomination to be the uh, candidate for in North Carolina. Um, Mark, welcome back to Black and Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to see a trend in, po- in Republican politics in America, especially in the southern states. Uh, you, you see the yeah. rise of the black Republican. I look at Daniel Cameron in Kentucky, um, one is... Um, Attorney General, uh, you see what's yeah. happening with Black Voices for Trump. Um, yes, are you guys leading? A, 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 I don't know a coup against what's happening in Black America with the Democrat Party, especially when it comes to Second Amendment. I just don't understand when you look at uh, everything that people like Huey Newton and all those guys had to endure uh, when it came to guns and what they fought for. Why we mm-hmm. would allow. Um, the left to continue to come after us and, t- and, and attempt to through regulations and restrictions and talk and speak a lot more to that. Um, uh, try to sideline the black community. When you look at what's happening in, 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 in most major urban cities, all these deaths, because you know why? Because a good guy with a gun, just simply not there. Are you leading that charge? I, I, I would certainly hope that we, we, I could be a part of that. But I think the larger problem is this. The larger problem is that we've allowed ourselves to give our power uh, to basically basically give it to government entities. Uh, we've allowed uh, the, the government to become the father in the home. Yeah. Uh, we've allowed the government to become the parents at, uh, at school. Uh, we've allowed uh, the, the, govern- the government to be our uh, protectors in allowing them to put these gun restrictions on. Uh, I think what black people in this country need to realize is this. Uh, that once we were freed uh, from the chains of slavery, uh, the next step is freeing our minds from the chains of, Amen. of slave thought. Uh, we have to understand that we have the power in our hands and in our minds and in our hearts to fix our own communities. Amen. The government is not going to do it. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, none of those guys are going to do it. Uh, I like President Trump, but President Trump can't do it. What President Trump can do and what conservatives can do is form a government that will get out of our way, protect our rights, and allow us to build our community. That is what we need to do. And if you look back through history, you can plainly see that the Republican Party makes victors and the Democratic Party makes victims. We need to stop being victims and take the control of our neighborhoods into our own hands. 
Wow. Hey, you, wait, uh, I've uh, never seen Todd Vandermeer stump. Oh, no. I, I felt like I just sat through a sermon at church because, uh, Mark, I mean, you know, that that's very eloquent, and, and you put it in a way that, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know I've been a lobbyist for 30 years, and I see yeah. it all too often at the General Assembly that, you know, people have their hands out, they, and instead of taking responsibility for things, they just want the government to come in and, and give them a solution and fix it. And all too often, right. the, they're, they're willing to surrender that, that, that those freedoms for, for that false sense of security. That's exactly right. I, I, I'll say it like this. If you're going to stick out your hand, your hand needs to be stuck out after for a job application. Mm. Your hand needs to be stuck out disciplining your children. Your hand needs to be stuck out grabbing a book and getting some education. We need to stick our hands out to build our own communities and not stick our hands out in the effort to beg. Yeah. And, 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 and Mark, and, you know, I, I, when I heard your speech in, in LaSalle County, uh, and we're always looking for somebody to lead us out of, lead us out of whatever the victim mentality that we are. And when, when I heard you speak in LaSalle County, um, I think one of the greatest things that you said was it's faith. It's faith in our Lord that's going to lead us out. Can you expound, you, you, can you expound a little bit more in, in that and how faith um, can help us um, come out of those done doldrums? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know uh, when, you look at, when you look at our religion, when you look at the Christian religion, you see that example of the, uh, of the Jews who, who left out of Egypt. Uh, and, and they were on their way to the promised land. They had to walk around that rock for 40 years because they refused to have the faith uh, in God that they were supposed to and, and, and follow his instructions. Uh, you look at the people. You look at people who are faithful, people who have faith in God and believe in God. Uh, they are very reluctant to have uh, any type of, of, of uh, reliance on the government. My mother is a perfect example of that. My mom when my father died, who controlled the purse strings of uh, my entire childhood, when he died, my mom could have easily lived off welfare. Right. But my mom was a, a woman of faith and courage. She was in her middle 40s. She had five children. She had a fifth-grade education. Wow. She got a job as a custodian at a university and took care of five children. They were ranging from grade 3 to grade, grade 12. She did it. She did it well. She gave us stuff we had never had because she had faith. She had confidence in herself. She was willing to work hard, and she was willing to prioritize when she got that paycheck in her hand. She didn't buy what she wanted with her money and didn't ask the government to buy what she needed with theirs. Right. She bought what she needed with her money, and she prioritized it. She set a good example for us. And I always say, if she could do it in her condition, anybody could do it. Amen. So, Mark, where can people find you? You have, you have a website. You got any way that the, this Chicago crowd can reach out and touch you and help you in any way? What's Absolutely. Your website? Now I've got, I've got two, well, I've got my website for my campaign is Mark Robinson for NC dot com. Uh, people can go there and see it, see it, see what we're doing. Uh, they can go there and donate if they wish. Uh, so they can they can check out what we're doing. Uh-huh. And then we have our Facebook page, which is also Mark Robinson for NC. And of course, there's my private Facebook page, which is Mark Keith Robinson. Yeah, you haven't accepted my friend request, but that's okay. <laughs> Mark Robinson. Facebook is messing with me. <laughs> Mark, thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank it you. was a pleasure. Thank it you was great cool. to talk to you. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome 
back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony. Alongside today, Todd Vandermeij joined us in studio. Uh, the, the first hour is over, Todd. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's flying by. You know, um, you know just, just off topic a little bit, um, I had an opportunity to co-moderate a debate with the Northwest GOP uh, Club and AM560. They put it on together. And Amy Kessem, who was a candidate for the state, for state rep a while back, um, I was listening to a candidate. He was the Cook County State's Attorney Republican candidate, Pat O'Brien. And he was he, he brought something back to my memory that Republicans actually used to win in Cook County. And I said to myself, self and myself said, John, yeah. And I said to myself, what's the missing ingredient in, in a lot of what's happening in the Republican Party? And you being somebody who was a former uh, you would lobby for Local 150, or were you a member of Local 150? Both. Okay. Um, is it because we've we've left that the union support in, in, in droves? Because when you look at the Republicans, there are union workers in, Republic, in, in Cook County who are Republican, but they're voting Democrat. What what has caused this, Todd? How do we fix this? Well, what, what you had was you had a certain segment of the Republican Party who just despises unions and lumps all unions together. Correct. They lump the building trades together with SEIU Correct. and AFSCME and all that stuff. And your building trades guys are really some of your most conservative individuals. I shoot with a bunch of other trades guys. I got a carpenter. I got a union iron worker. Yeah. I got an electrician. Some of the tightest guys I'm around that I shoot with. And these guys are conservative to the core. Yeah. But because, you know, and a lot of trades guys really don't have anything more than a high school diploma. Right. Uh, but what happens is this one wing of the Republican Party thinks you just have to grind every union underneath the heel of their boot and, and that there's nothing good to be said about it. You know, I, my former union president just passed away uh, a month or so ago. Uh, Bill Dugan was a Republican to the core who you know listened to Rush Limbaugh every day. Wow. And you have those. And the problem is don't, you know, I never worked for a poor guy. Right. I always, when I ran a machine, worked for somebody who you know had built a business mm-hmm. or was mm-hmm. building a business. Mm-hmm. And the point about that is, is I want them to be successful because then I can bargain for as much as I can fairly get at the table. And the neat thing about a union construction contract is it tells the employer what the rules are, right. it tells the employee what the rules are, and who's expected to do what and live up to what. And with that, it's so important. And that's where this whole right to work for less BS is yeah. just what it is. And instead of attacking, you know, my union, I never lobbied on the minimum wage. I don't care about the minimum wage. I care about prevailing wage because Illinois construction workers should be paid Illinois wages for Illinois work. And those are the guys that buy, you know, Ford F-250 crew cabs. Those are the guys that buy bass boats They and the women. And they sit there and they buy durable goods. That what, That's what moves the middle class into home ownership, and it's them with a hand up and not a hand out. And that's the part that Republicans miss because they just went off this tangent. And we demonize. We've demonized the unions, right? Yeah. And there are differences. And it's, you know, um, sure you can have some faults with some government unions and the way some of that stuff goes. And a lot of the hierarchy of the labor movement is left. Trump could never called out Obama for the abomination that Obamacare was that wrecked union health care, that put a tax on our Cadillac plans because yeah. we did the right thing. We put money in the health care 
instead instead of you know putting it on the check. Right. We put money into pensions. Wow. Well, there you have it, Todd Vandermeer, Executive Director of Federal Firearm Licensees of Illinois. That first hour is in the book. Uh, coming up in the second hour, we talk to State Senator, the weak, weak, weak fireman. He's going to beat me up for that. <laughs> but, you know, we always had that banter of, you know, we know who the firemen's real heroes are, us cops or former cops. Uh, Neil Anderson joins us to talk about a couple of bills. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. Keep it locked. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, 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 welcome back to Hour 2 Black and Right on AM560, The Answer with your host, John Anthony, and I got my main man in studio with me, Mr. Todd Vandermeyer, man. Welcome back to Black and Right. Hey. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, when, when I had you come on the show um, to do, like, I think we, 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 we were talking about some bill, I think, some gun bill, and I had you come on, and uh, I, I had a few people say, you need to get him in the studio with you. So I, that's why I reached out and was like, hey, Todd, I need you to come in. Appreciate the opportunity. No problem. But, you know, um, Todd, we were talking during the break. We, we, we got to stop moving the goalposts when it comes to Second Amendment-related issues, in the, in, especially here in Illinois. And I know we're going to talk more about later about uh, you know, a couple of the court cases that are coming up. But uh, I'm so happy to have on the line today with us, uh, even though he's a fireman. I saw your little comment, not my fault, you got in the wrong line at City Hall. Uh, state Senator, uh, he's, he's State Senator Neil Anderson. He's a fireman, and he's been in office since January 2015. You old. <laughs> Neil Anderson, welcome to Black yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely feel old. I'll tell you what, six years in the legislature, um, that uh, the time goes by fast, but it ages you fast, too. That's for sure. Oh, it, it does, because, you know, well, you know, but you get enough sleep, so you'll be okay, right? <laughs> oh man, you couldn't hold back. You Don't you miss back. that? Don't yeah, you miss listen, our banter? Um, I love my little blue canary brothers, but uh, I definitely got in the right line at City Hall. And uh, in, no, in all honesty, um, I can't imagine what it would be like uh, being a police officer, especially yeah. in, in today's day and age. And um, so you didn't get in the donut I, I, line. Uh, really, really appreciate our um, friends and uh, brothers and sisters in blue for their service, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, we, we, we've we always had this banner, banter back and forth, but, you know, I've always respected what you do, and there's no way I'm running into a, a building with fire, uh, <laughs> with heat. I, I don't like that much heat. So, uh, But, but Neil, thanks yeah. so much for joining us. And, and Todd said you, got, you didn't go into the donut line. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I saw tell you what you. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be on the show today, but um, whatever. Or, or actually come in uh, like you asked me to. But Todd, uh, I can't tell you how um, really lucky we are in the state of Illinois to have somebody like Todd down there in Springfield, giving guys like me information and being able to testify against uh, some of these ridiculous gun laws that we have. So we're really, really lucky to have Todd Vanderbilt on our side. That's for sure. Well, thank you for the kind words, Neil, but you've been, you've been a big advocate for the second amendment and uh, the right to keep and bear arms for your tenure down there. And you've always been a go-to guy to get to 
uh, within the Republican caucus and help stuff out. But there are some crazy bills out there this year. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of crazy bills, and they seem to get. Uh, it seems like every year they they up the ante a little bit, and it keeps getting crazier. Um, Nineteen sixty six, I think, is uh, probably the one that we're. Um, you know, is the most likely to be facing up for a vote on the board. And is that um, House bill again, it's just, uh, it, it goes farther and farther every year. We're looking at mandatory fingerprinting now. Is, is that House bill or Senate bill 1966? Senate bill. Senate bill. It's Senate bill, yeah. So, so what, what, what do you, I mean, what's the plan? What's, uh, and I know Todd's here, and, and what's the plan to kind of push back against, so I, I know we have to win elections. That's, that's the first plan. Uh, we have to take back from being 74 in the House, right? And how many in the Senate? How many um, Republican senators are in, in the Illinois Senate? Uh, we have a whopping 19. Oh, man. That's a... Well, you know what? The 300. What's that movie? Uh, wait, wait, what's that? Uh, what's those Warriors, Todd? <laughs> Milan La. <Lodge>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they defeated um, uh, an, uh, uh, an army with um, less. So you never know what you guys are able to do. But I see that you you, you um, filed your um, Eliminate the Foy card again. Why should we? Why should Illinois eliminate the Floyd card? Well, you know, so the Floyd card has been around in Illinois since 1968, and there's there's a little piece of me, uh, <laughs> there's a little piece of me that understands why it was implemented in 1968. Yeah. But fast forward to now, um, the for the thirty thousand foot view of this, and there's little intricacies here and there, but you're basically going through the same background check you buy a gun in any other state to get your FOID card. So you have to go through the background check to get your FOID card. Then when you get your FOID card and you want to go buy a gun, you have to show your FOID card and then go through the same background check it took you to get your FOID card. Wow. So it's a redundancy. It's a cash grab. Um, and, and also, uh, we're in the situation now. I'm, I'm sitting in my car right now. Uh, this is a true story. I'm sitting in my car right now. I'm waiting for my son to get out. He's doing some community service. Um, for his, for his school. Uh-huh. And I got a trunk full of guns cause we're going to the range after he's done. So if I were to get pulled over and I didn't have my Floyd card, I forgot it at the house or whatever. I'm saying I have it, but I forgot it. I, I get charged with a misdemeanor. Wow. That's ridiculous. It is. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, um, you know, it's nothing more than a cash grab. And what we're seeing in Senate bill 1966 is, not only are we shortening the time frame that the card is good for, we're also um, increasing the price, and we're forcing the person to uh, get fingerprinted, and they have to pay for that fingerprint. So on top it's of ridiculous. the on top of the hundred and fifty dollars, almost three hundred dollars for the concealed carry, on top of the seventy five dollars, if you happen to move within, because I know I've done this, as a seventy five dollar fee. And then on top yep. of that, the fee for the FOID card itself, which this concealed carry now does basically everything, right? I mean, what's the? I, I don't understand the redundancy, but I understand the, the money aspect. Do you do you believe they'll allow that to bill to move because of the, the the financial aspect that's tied to that bill? That's money. How many FOID card owners are there, Todd? Two point three million. I mean, two point three million times. What, what's the fee for it now? All right now, it's ten dollars. Four dollars goes to state police. Six dollars goes to uh, the wildlife fund, and you think you think the states going who a state that's strapped for cash, who forced all of those FFLs who were who were tax paying people out of the state. You think the state's going to allow that now money to move or leave? Well, don't forget that you know there's a report that's been circulating around the general assembly where over the last several years they've 
they've uh, skimmed $30 million out of the Firearms Services Bureau for FOID card fees. Right, Neil? Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the other, that's the other aspect of this, too. And I think you're right, John. Um, you know, this not only um, has the, uh, the emotional gun control element to it, but it's also a financial element. Now, we have seen and proved that the state is skimming money off of this fund and using it in places where it, it shouldn't be spent. So maybe it's time, and uh, Todd, you know this bill just like I do. I was a co-sponsor of this bill. Maybe it's time we do a lockbox amendment for the FOID card if we can't Ooh. get rid of it. Wow. Uh, that's been proposed over in the House uh, to do it. Uh, part of the problem is, uh, well, hopefully with some of the court cases coming up, we're going to get a chance to remove the FOID card. But you've got uh, a senator that's trying to put a 10% tax on most guns, if I recall correctly. I mean, oh. there's 254 bills down there right now on guns. Wow. Yeah, let's not forget the $1 million um, liability insurance for gun owners that's being proposed. So basically infringing on our rights through, regula- through, through legislation, basically is what they're doing. Oh, but we're not coming for your guns, right? Isn't, isn't that the line? That's what they try to tell yeah, us. Absolutely. But- and, and I think California's proved that that, that whole line is false because if uh, when they ban high-capacity magazines and you get caught with a high-capacity magazine, they don't take the magazine away. They take your guns away. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about this, man. Think about think about the men and women who uh, who were sitting there and writing the Constitution, drafting the Constitution, specifically when it came to the Second Amendment. Can you imagine if they came to if they it was somehow they were fast forward to this this generation and they see how we spat on everything they've done and wiped our you know what's with. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. don't forget that if they if the left treated the Second Amendment or the First Amendment, the way they treat the second, you would be left with a spoken word, a soapbox, a quill, and a printing press. That would be it. Yeah. You know, to sit there and say, well, Correct. they never envisioned AR-15s. You know what? Great they point. didn't envi- envision the Internet or, you know, TV or radio either, but, you know, the First Amendment applies to all of those. Hey, 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 Neil, what's the, what's, yeah. what's, give me, uh, you got 30 seconds. I want you, to, I'm going to do two things. I want you to tell people how to reach out to you. Do you have any social media pages? Uh, and what's the top two bills that everybody who's pro-gun needs to look at? Okay, so uh, first of all, everybody can reach out to me uh, at my email at SenatorNeilAnderson at gmail.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Twitter at SenatorNeilAnderson and um, also on Facebook, SenatorNeilAnderson. I think the two biggest bills um, for Second Amendment supporters that we need to look at Number one, um, the Senate Bill 1966, we need to defeat that. We were able to kill it last year in the Senate. Hopefully we can do it again. Make sure you call your legislators, tell them how bad it is. Um, And also, I I think we can start gaining some traction. I don't think it's going to be called, but the repeal the FOID card bill that I've introduced, I think that's another one that people need to start reaching out to their legislators and and talk to them about. And I'll leave you with this. I'm going to leave your listeners with this. Two seconds. I think this... I think this sums up exactly where we're at in our country, and it's a quote from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. You're not going to be able to An say it. An armed and informed we'll law-abiding right citizenry is the best defense against a tyrannical government and the criminal element that is created by misplaced activists, uh, judges, uh, activist politicians and judges. Wow. There you have it. Illinois State Senator Neil Anderson, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. 
you're you're amazing, brother. I really appreciate you. Hey, I miss you, man. I miss our banter. I miss our you know messing with each other. Uh, we gotta we gotta uh, get up together sometime sometime soon. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson. Mike Bloomberg's Paul Richards Almanac for misogynists has made its way around the beltway again. On women, if women wanted to be appreciated for their brains, they'd go to the library instead of Bloomingdale's. Oh, well, that's... Oh, somebody's not not enjoying it as much anymore. No, it just got not fun. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony. On AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me in studio today is Todd Vandermeij. He's the executive director of the Federal Firearms Licensees of Illinois. Uh, Welcome back, Todd. Hey. Um, I love Neil. Yeah, <laughs> I miss that guy, man. And he's got a he's got a he's got a, a a great sense of humor too. I think that's what people don't really realize about him: his sense of humor. And uh, I miss him. I do. I really do. So, Todd. Okay, we've been talking about guns today. We've been talking about legislation. We've been talking about bills. We've talked to a state senator. We talked to a guy who ran uh, for office um, and won as the Republican nominee for uh, North Carolina, Mark Robinson. Now I think we're I think we got we're about to get to the meat and potatoes. What's happening in the courts? Well, anyway. you've got the uh, Supreme Court has heard oral arguments on the New York City case. New York City started out as a case. New York has a permitting system to own a handgun, and you can have either a carry permit, which the wealthy and the connected get, so you can carry a gun throughout New York City. You can get a premises permit, which means you can have your firearm at your place or at your home, or you can have a business permit. So premises permits are the ones that are most common. The thing about New York's law that was so screwed up, the only place you could take your handgun was to one of the seven ranges in New York City or your home. You couldn't take, if you had a home in upstate New York, you couldn't take it there. If you had a going on vacation to Florida and had a carry permit and wanted to carry in Florida, you couldn't take it with you. It was a criminal offense. So got all the way to the Supreme Court. Everybody thought it was a sleeping case about transportation until New York City woke up and figured out this is for real. So they changed the law. The state changed their law. They're trying to moot the case out. The case was not mooted out at uh, the arguments. Uh, you know, the, the, case, the court accepted arguments, said, no, we're not kicking this to the curb. And so this case has now been argued and we are awaiting a decision. Uh, some people believe that the longer it takes for the decision, the better it is for our side because this is the first gun case that's been argued in front of the United States Supreme Court since McDonald. You know, wow. it's been 10 years. So you've got that one out there. This could, you know, you've got uh, Gorsuch, who's been uh, an advocate, who has written a dissenting letter about not taking gun cases. Thomas, who's been the most vocal about it. Alito, who has been a stalwart. And Kavanaugh wrote the uh, a dissenting opinion in Heller too, saying you can't register forced registration of firearms and you can't ban AR-15s. Wow. So that leaves Roberts as kind of the swing vote, but Roberts voted for both Heller and McDonald. So now the, the, the everybody's on pins and needles waiting for that. So uh, that was that's one case. Um, we've also 
back in January, a case called Johnson v. State Police was handed down by the Illinois Supreme Court. Now, the Illinois Supreme Court uh, sat there, and it was about a woman who had an old domestic battery conviction and wanted to have her rights restored and petitioned the court. And the circuit court said yes, and we find parts of the Gun Control Act and FOID Act unconstitutional, which prompted the Attorney General to appeal it directly to the state Supreme Court. So I'm going to read you uh, two parts Mm -hmm. of that decision, which I think are just phenomenal. Uh, And they say, We conclude that civil rights includes firearm rights as the term is applied under Section 921A33, uh, which is the Gun Control Act of 1968. First, we consider the ordinary ordinary meaning of the term, uh, and under Webster's New International Dictionary, defines the term civil rights as including the rights secured to citizens of the U.S. by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. As explained in McDonald, resolved that the Second Amendment right recognized in Heller is a personal liberty guaranteed by the United States Constitution and the 14th Amendment. See McDonald. Notably, post-Heller and McDonald, uh, the Supreme Court has included the right to bear arms as a civil right that may be lost because of a conviction and equated it with the loss of the right to vote. Wow. So you now have the Illinois Supreme Court looking at the right to own a gun, the right to keep and bear arms, as a civil right on par with the right to vote. Wow, that's huge. So there was another case about whether or not a FOID card could be required of a woman who had a twenty two rifle on her own property in her own uh-huh. home. And we'll see how that plays out because it's been argued in front of the court. They issued this one. I don't know what legal jujitsu they go through <laughs> to sit there and it's say. Illinois, though. Come on. <laughs> I, but under this opinion that I just yeah. quoted you was a 7-0 opinion oh, wow. written by Justice Thies, who's a Cook County Democrat. Wow. 7-0 said that it is a civil right equated with the right to vote. With that language, you would think that it was it would have been more of a 4-3 or you know 5-2, but a 7-0, 7-0? It was a unanimous decision. So we've got this pending out there. You have a FOID card case, uh, which is Brown versus State Police, right. which is pending out there. You have um, the uh, retailer's suit against the Cook County Ammo Tax, which has been argued at the first appellate level. It took us five years to get out of the Cook County Circuit Court. So we'll see what kind of opinion we potentially get out of the uh, first district on the ammo and gun tax case because uh, the senator from up here, Gillespie, I think her name is, has introduced a 10% tax on most firearms. Oh, my goodness. And so, you know. In addition to the tax that's already, the taxes you already pay. Wow. Yes, a 10%, you know, tax on the sale of that firearm. And so, so only look, the rich will be able to, to, to afford well, guns. That's the thing. I mean, if you're equating this all with the right to vote, then how does Senate Bill 1966 pass constitutionality? It, you yeah. can't require an ID to vote Correct. in the state of Illinois, but you're going to require fingerprints and all the fees associated with it to make a FOIA card like 200 bucks in order to exercise your fundamental right of having a firearm in your own home. Wow. I, I mean, I think this decision, and we'll see how Brown comes down, but I think these next two decisions are going to fundamentally change the way we look at the right to keep and bear arms in Illinois. Yeah. And if we get there, 
then, you know, I literally want to go sit in front of a committee and say, these are all the reasons this bill that's before you is bad and you should vote it down. Right. But then I want to look at him and say, but you know what? If you guys all want to be as crazy as squirrels, then tell you what, pass the most god-awful piece of garbage you can cobble together, let the governor sign, and then we'll go to court again. And if the courts keep following this road, we will sit there and you will have less than you have today. Yeah. And that's the message for, you know, Kathleen Willis has this god-awful storage bill that if the firearm is not under your direct control, yeah. it has to be locked up. Yeah. That doesn't work for people in rural parts, you know, uh, of, you know, the state. It doesn't work for people who need to have a firearm yeah. handy but may not be wearing it on their person because they, you know, it's not really comfortable to be walking around your house with a shotgun <laughs> slung over your <laughs> No, back. it's not. You know what? A lot of people talk about Kathleen Willis, though, but I, here's, here's why I, I sit back and I marvel at her. Because she 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 does what she believes her district center to Springfield would do. Can you imagine re- more Republicans who had that same zeal, that same fight? Well, to- I don't think she. I don't think that's true at all. I think she's demagogued this issue because it's gotten her some national notoriety and has blown her ego completely out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's what it is. I mean, it's you know with, with all the violence that goes on in Chicago, with you know whenever a national shooting takes prominence. Um, you know, I think it's an easy soapbox to get on and stamp your foot on and act as if, you know, you're trying to do something important when all you're trying to do is take away a fundamental right. And the more they want to author god-awful pieces of legislation, you know, I'm hoping. I mean, we are like 5 or 6 and 0 oh at the state Supreme Court on gun cases. They had the Cook County semi-auto ban three times. Wow. And not once did they find it constitutional. They always kicked it back on a procedural matter. Wow. There you have it. I, I, I mean, Todd, we can sit here. We can do the next couple of segments, which we are, because joining us next is Angel Garcia. He's running for judge here in Cook County. I, I believe it's the 13th sub-circuit. Uh, Angel Garcia, he joins us next. And we continue the discussion. We, we First, we want to find out why he's running. I think something's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> I've known, I can say that I've known Angel for more than what, 10, 12 years now. Uh, we talked to Angel Garcia when we come back. Listen to the Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. He's Todd Vandermeyer. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. All right, now my blood is pumping now. After a little mic, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me in studio today is Todd Vandermeide. Todd, you having fun yet? Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hear that. Oh, that <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I, I'm trying, Todd. Come on, man. That's the first dig, man. What, what the heck, Todd? You know, but I mean, we've had, a, I think we've had a very good conversation and we try to, Lead it from you know policy perspective, campaign political perspectives, um, the courts, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to invite our next guest, um, Angel Garcia is an attorney and conservative Republican reformer. He has stood up to the Madigan machine, has worked to elect qualified Republican candidates in Illinois for more than twenty five years. Years, you're old. Uh, I feel like I'm getting old too. He's a graduate of the John Marshall Law School, a statewide commissioner for the Illinois Latino Family Commission, and former president 
of the Chicago Young Republicans. That's how we met. Absolutely. Um, Angel, first, first, congrats on the new edition. I saw the pics you guys posted. Mom and baby are doing fine? Uh, Mom and baby are doing amazing. Yeah. Almost too good. You know, baby's <laughs> up all night. So uh, baby's healthy. Do you get sleep? Have you, have you lost sleep yet? Oh, I've lost sleep. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, you look at that baby and it's worth yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose a lot more. Though. First one? First baby, yes. All right. Two pieces of advice to a new father. <laughs> I'll take one. One, never, ever, ever, ever check a diaper by putting your finger down the small of their back. You will remember this conversation because you will do it and you will find out what happens. Always check from the hip. Amen. All right. Number, number two, go get yourself a green glass light bulb. Put it in the night light that's on the wall switch so that in the middle of the night when you have to go in there, you can turn it on without blowing your eyeballs out of your head with a white light. It works. It's the greatest piece of advice I got 20 years ago. Those two things, I pass it on. And I'll pick up that light bulb today. And don't let them sleep in your bed. Oh, absolutely. Don't ever let them sleep in your bed. So, um, Angel, why are you running for the sub-13 sub-circuit, sub-circuit, correct? Of Cook County, yes. Um, what qualifies you to run? Well, I'm running because I'm sick and tired of Democrats choosing their judges. Mike Madigan, Burke, they're the ones that take over. They, they are picking our judges just like they're picking our state rep. Wow. And we need someone to stand up. Mm-hmm. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this is the most important sub-circuit race that we'll have in the last, thir- in the last 30 years because this is the one sub-circuit that was drawn to be lean Republican. Republicans wow. usually win it, and they put all the Republicans together in Cook County, and that's that seat. This past session, Mike Madigan passed the bill. Oh. He is now going to gerrymander that. And it's going to, now you tell me, mm-hmm. is that district going to be more Republican or is it going to be? Uh, I doubt it'll be more Republican. I think they're going to they're gonna gobble it up and add more Dems to vote. So this is our last chance to get a Republican in there. Oh. And I believe I'm the conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's worked my entire adult life to get other Republicans elected. Yeah. And if you elect me, you'll have a conservative justice for the next 30 years. And I wow. think that's why it's so important, because after this, we won't have a chance to put a Republican in there. Wow. I mean, you, you were talking more. I mean, where, where, where do you stand on the Second Amendment? I mean, Todd, look at him. Look, look at that. Look at that intense gaze. You got any questions for him, Todd, about the Second Amendment? No, I, you know, how do you, I mean, what do you think? Because he's running for judge, there are certain things they can and oh, can't that's right. say. That's okay? right. I forgot so about that rule. How, how do you feel Heller was decided? Yeah, good question. So how about this? I can't talk about any future things I may right. uh, rule on, but I can't talk about my past. Right. So here's my past. I was president of the John Marshall Law School Federalist Society. Oh. That's the group that's helping President Trump yes. put young conservatives on the federal bench. They're very conservative and very strong supporters of the Second Amendment. When I was in law school, the Heller decision was something that we brought speakers in to educate other people about. Um, and every May, I go to the gun range and get my CLE to learn more about the Second Amendment and to shoot some guns with other fellow society members. So that's my background on the Second Amendment. And uh, without breaking any judicial rules, I hope you understand. Uh, no, I do. I, I do. Where I, 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 totally, I, I get totally it. forgot about I, that. I get it. it yeah. That's, but, you know, in... Uh, yeah, uh, Charlton Heston actually spoke to the John Marshall Law School with the uh, uh, Federalist Society there. Uh, he gave one of his uh, famous addresses. Wow. 
and everything. Yeah, it's uh, I've got a DVD of snippets of a bunch of his just speeches. Just a book of knowledge, man. He just rattles this stuff off like just he doesn't even think about it. Just rolls it's, right off. It's, I, it's I, an I, issue. And if I'm, I want to say Dan Proft introduced him. Wow. Because I, I, I remember talking to Dan about this, and there's a video clip of Dan walking off the stage, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, so um, is, is there a website that people oh, well, can find absolutely. you? Absolutely. You can go. Uh, I'm all over social media, mm-hmm. so you can find us on uh, Facebook, Andrew Garcia for Judge.com, and our website is Andrew Garcia for Judge.com. Roughly, what's the district? Where is it? What's it look like? So, we're looking at the northwest suburbs. So, that's uh, the township of uh, Schomburg, Palatine, Hanover, and Barrington. It's a little bit of wheeling. So that, that's where we're looking at, Northwest Cook County. Oh, wow. Well, Angel, you know, I, I really appreciate you. If you want to stick around, you can stick around um, to, to, for the re- remainder of the show if you want to stick around. I'd love to stick around. That'd be great uh, because I, 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 we haven't seen each other in forever. Uh, hey, we got a couple a questions. Hey, Sean, I got you, buddy. I'm, I'm going to take your call when we come back. Sean from Elwood Park. Um, you're listening to Black and Right on AM 560 Answer. Hey, while you're at it, go to the Facebook page. Give us a like. Share this thread. And follow me at J. Anthony Speaks on Facebook, Twitter, OK Tenniel, and Instagram. Uh, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Keep it locked. Sean, I got you. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Get up, get on up. Well, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Join me in studio is Todd Vandermeij. He's the executive director of FFL Illinois. Um, dude, I, I'm having a good time with you. Oh, I'm having a ball here. Yeah. I'm having, you know, I'm Crockett, you're Tubbs. Yeah. We're, we're doing cool, dude. We're doing all right. I love it. And um, we have a candidate for the 13th sub-circuit, Andrew Garcia, still in the studio. But before we go to, to the next um, judge, uh, I want to take a call. I want to take the call from... Um, Sean from Elwood Park. What's up, buddy? How are you? Thank you for taking the call. Listen, Angel, a boy or a girl, what'd you have? Little girl. Oh, me too. I have two of them. They're going to give you a little bit of advice. You take a picture every day, okay? Because okay. when they're 12 years old and they throw your house up for grabs because <laughs> somebody looked at them cross-eyed, you're going to need that picture. So you reflect. <laughs> It'll keep you going home. Now, here, I vote for two reasons, Angel. I like to fight with the morons on the sidewalk that think I need their opinion. He does. To tell me who to vote for, the union hacks that they are. So I go for the confrontation. And to throw out the judges with the Irish names, when it says retain the judge, I throw them out. Uh-oh. So now, you, why don't they put Republican or Democrat next to the name for the judges? Can you answer me that? So two things. One, they do when it's an open seat. So when I'm running um, this November, you'll see a Republican versus a Democrat. So they do. And retention, they don't. And I think there's only one answer. I think they want to keep their power. They don't want to give too much information to the voters, and they want to keep people ignorant. That's my, that's my thought. I cannot for the life of me understand why a sitting representative doesn't demand, if we're going to be asked to retain the judges, shouldn't we know if they're part of the Democrat mafia we pretend doesn't exist? as they've built this cabal of protection by using the very system against the people. So do me a favor when you get elected, and I'm certain you you will. Would you please suggest gently to one of these step-and-fetch state reps that this go on the ballot, please? Uh, Once I'm judge, I will talk to my state rep. There you go. Good answer. And and we'll see uh, where that takes us. Hey, Sean, thanks so much for calling us, buddy. 
Thank you. And then please go easy on the guys with traffic violence, will you? There's a reason we get out of the car. Thank you. <laughs> we'll do. Oh, my God. Sean from Elmo. I always take his call because it's always uh, illuminating and um, very um, demonstrative. You can see all his demonstrative I, movements. I will say I was walking door to door, and one person at the door goes, do you know Sean from Elmwood oh Park? Yeah. And I said I do. I go well. If if you're if you know him, then you're then you got my vote. So uh, Sean's getting pretty popular out there. <laughs> well, joining us um, by the phone is uh, a guy who's looking to be retained, uh, Judge Jim McCluskey. He's an associate judge with the 18th Judicial Circuit, having been appointed in July 2018. Now he currently sits on the eviction court. Uh, judge, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So I, I'm sure I don't know if you heard um, Sean from Elmwood Park and his um, his um, his conversation that he was having here with us. Um, but what, oh, yeah. why sh- why should the voters retain you, sir? Well, I I'm not up for retention. Oh, I'm you're not associate judge. No, I'm an associate judge, uh, and I'm running for a circuit seat. Uh, George Bacallus, who is retiring, he just. He hasn't, he hasn't resigned. He just isn't going to seek retention. So it's an open seat that I'm running for in DuPage County. There's four open seats in DuPage County, uh, or there's four judges running in DuPage County, which is almost 10% of the judiciary. There's 46 judges, four judges. Three have been appointed by the Supreme Court. I'm running in an open seat. I'm an associate judge who is uh, seeking a, a circuit spot. Okay, so that's where that's where I'm at. And, and and I think I personally think I think so many people look, you know, sometimes they go into a ballot um, into the ballot box and they pick, you know, the people, the president, the vice president, you know, the state rep, the senators and all that. But they missed, I believe, the most important one of the most important roles that we have in our society. Judges. I mean, because you, when you look at right. the topics they affect and how they affect people's daily lives, education, health care, housing employment, discrimination, civil rights, when you think about all that, and people just don't even vote. So, I mean, what are you doing right. to go out and, and you know, uh, uh, to allow people to say, hey, look, I'm running for this judgeship. I need you guys to vote for me. How, there's rules for that too, right, Angel? You can still go door to door, so okay. they, they haven't taken that away from judges. Yeah. But what are you doing, um, Judge uh, McCluskey? What's your plan to, 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 oh, to get do- people to I'm vote doing, I'm doing, I don't have a primary, but I am out there as if I have a primary. So I am running every day. I do two to three events every day besides handling my court call. And what I'm doing is I'm, I go across all lines. I don't, I don't just go to Republican events or Democratic events. I go to community events. And that's what I've been doing. I've been going to – I'm really stressing public safety here in DuPage County. And I'm also dealing with people that – non-for-profit organizations that deal with the homeless. So I'm, I'm letting them know what the judiciary does how you evaluate uh, judges and uh, so you can make a educated decision to vote for judges. I always talk to them about the Illinois State Bar Association, which I was the president last year of the Illinois State Bar Association. Oh, wow. And the DuPage, uh, DuPage Bar Association Evaluation Committees. So I, t- I talked to uh, folks and I said, look, what you need to do is go on their website. They rate the judges. Right. And they rate the judges in different categories. You have to look at the percentages that are given to them by the lawyers who, who uh, appear before them. And so I I'd probably speak to at least seven different groups seven days a week. 
Wow. Uh, so so you, you, just said, you just said go on the website. Do you have a personal website? Do you have a place where people yes. can look you up and see what, um, what the information about um, Judge Jim McCluskey? Yes, www.judgejim.com. All right. That, that's my website. Well, we and gonna, I have a Facebook also. I, I think I want to have you on again after the primary because I think it's very important that people understand uh, who's running for judge. So thank you so much for joining Black and Right today. Uh, I look forward to ha- talking to you again. Thank you, Mr. Anthony. Right. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Judges are important. You're listening to Black and Right, AM560 is the answer. Keep it locked. We're not stuck on stupid. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, the answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony. Got my guest co-host today, Ty Vandermite. <laughs> you ready to go home, Ty? Into <laughs> uh, the bar, but not home. <laughs> so Angel Garcia, uh, candidate for the 13th sub-circuit, Absolutely. is still in here with us. Um, I want to take a call. There's a guy um, named Abraham. He wants to talk about Igo. He's, um, I believe he's from um, Waukegan. Abraham, welcome to Black and Right. Thank you. Uh, first-time listener and first-time caller. Awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, I, I would request that you continue to listen. Go to the Black and Right page yes. and like, give us a like. Will do. Well, so what's your question? What about Igo? Yeah, um, I've been busy throughout the day. I, I listened to your guys' show at the beginning, uh, but now I'm back listening to it. I was wondering if you guys talked about Igo. Uh, so I do want to make a comment out there that um, Five Star Firearms from Zion... They're sponsoring a bus for people who like to attend to iGold, okay. which is over at Springfield. Yeah. Uh, the bus bus pickup will be at Piggly, Piggly Wiggly Store in Zion. Okay. And there's going to be a second pickup over at Drew Osco in Mundelein, Illinois. So if anyone is interested in reserving a seat for this bus, please contact Mark at fivestarfirearms.com. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, Abraham. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a speaker at Igo before, so it's a great, great, great time to be had. So I, I, I'd second what you just said. Thanks so much for calling, though. And continue to listen uh, to two, the show. Go ahead. You got another one. Go ahead. We'll do uh, two more things. Uh, first, um, Todd Vandermeyer, thank you. Please keep up the good work. Uh, please fight for us. Uh, you're doing a good job, and I really appreciate what you what you do. And not just only people like Todd that uh, go to Springfield, but other people as well who fight for the Second Amendment cause. And second, can I throw out a candidate's name out there, a shout-out? Yeah, possible? go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, a Republican candidate, you got, you he's a write-in seconds, candidate. Though. You 15 seconds. Yeah, uh, Mark Lund. Uh, he's running for the Illinois District uh, 60. So anyone who's uh, in that area, please write in Mark Lund uh, for uh, in, in the primary coming up. Okay, well, thanks so Thank much you. for calling, Abraham. Thanks for your comments. But yeah, I go. I, I I love I go. I haven't spoke there in a while. But uh, hey, Todd. So let's reiterate. Where can people find you again? Well, what, what you, you? you can find me on Facebook, Todd Vandermine. I, I operate under my own name. Um, you can uh, search around. Um, there's a little uh, gun shop that uh, I run with my wife. It's uh, the corporate name is Firearms Technical Group. The uh, uh, trade name is Spartan Suppressors. Souped up my AR. Yeah. No, we've done a few things like that. We do some a uh, little bit of gunsmithing and some other stuff. Uh, we handle transfers and do that. Uh, so those are the easiest ways to find me. Um, it's pretty, you know, I'm out there. You Google me, it's not hard to, yeah. 
to, to find me or whatever. But uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to come in today. And, uh, you know, the courts are going to be so important to reigning in. I mean, we live in this blue state that's had this tidal wave come over us. But the courts are going to be important. And uh, my favorite quote out of the Heller decision, we know of no other enumerated constitutional right whose core protection has been subjected to a freestanding interest-balancing approach. The very enumeration of that right takes out of the hands of government, even the third branch of government, the power to decide on a case-by-case basis whether the right is really worth insisting upon. Wow. And and that's where, you know, we've been left to the courts, but and that's why judges are so important. So important. Good judicial candidates. I mean, Trump has brought balance to the Ninth Circuit. Uh, I, Amazing. You, yeah. you know, because the old thing there is if you got a conservative three-judge panel, they would then kick it to en banc. And that's how they got all the good stuff overturned. And I think you're going to see less of that. Yeah. Website real quick. Where can people find you? AngelGarciaForJudge.com. All right. Guys, that's going to wrap it up. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank Krishna Basil, Mark Robinson, uh, State Senator Neil Anderson, Angel Garcia, and Judge McCluskey for joining us this week. Uh, you're listening to Black and Right. Hey, go continue to like my page, J. Anthony Speaks. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give Black and Right Radio a like. Share this post. Share this page. Share this um, stream. Um, you're listening to Black and Right. It's okay to be Black and Right. See you next week.